0: Welcome back, folks. And we're talking about Bluetooth controls with George Filtsos. You know what? He's had a career in controls, Greg, from, I think he was saying Leviton or Lutron and a couple other big names he dropped. Tree was said. So he's he's a controls guy. He's been around in the game a long time, as long as you and I have. And and he brought an interesting perspective to that part of the business.
1: That he did. Something to be aware of and, and to look at. is a little different than what you might be doing now, but... Maybe you gotta revisit that. Think about <laughs> it for your future jobs, right? Get
0: we'll a see. little, start saucing it up. I mean, come on, yeah. it's what you know. What a lot of us distributors, we you know, we've kind of avoid the Bluetooth question, and maybe it's time to jump in the pool. I don't know. Uh, you know, before before we jump in the pool, though, you got to go to k e y s t o n e t e c h dot com, baby, Greg Keystone.
1: And we're jumping in the pool actually right now because Ooh. they have smart loop. They have a new product. It's it's initial, it's starting, but it's going to be something they're actively going after, and I've had discussions with them about it. It's going to be connected lighting that they can put right into their fixture. Exactly what we're going to talk today about on the podcast. Keystone's going to have a Bluetooth mesh wireless fixture controller that adjusts your light levels, connects your lighting. Uh, You can do everything from your phone locally. There's no, uh, the commission is easy. You can set scheduling, you can share access to others, basically take care of your lighting. All from your phone. Keystone's going to have it. So be ready for it.
0: You got to go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Man, that's KeystoneTech.com. It looks like everybody took the crisis to make a control software or take lighting to the next level. There's a lot of exciting products, and I really like the sound of Keystone's offering. They're definitely a heavyweight now. So go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Keystone's a proud member. And... George, thanks for coming on the show. Here he comes straight at you. This is being recorded on November the 2nd, which happens to be my favorite day of the year. And it falls in different days. Every now and then they try to change it. There's all sorts of debate, Greg. But the Monday after fallback is always my favorite day of the year. Why? Everybody has an extra hour of sleep. Nobody's late. And it kind of rolls through the week a little bit. Until people get back to their, their shitbird schedules. <laughs> 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 but uh, I had this electrician that worked for me, my first electrician. And every day he was five minutes late. Every single day he'd come in five minutes late with his boots undone or 10 minutes late. And only, I noticed this is how I discovered this, only on f- the Monday after fall back would he come in <laughs> on time, five, 10 minutes early with his boots done up. Nice. And welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, George Filzos.
2: Hey, that's good pronunciation.
0: Say hi to Greg Garrick.
2: Greg, uh, hey, uh, Greg, how you doing? And uh, thanks Great for yours. having me, guy. Yeah, thanks for coming on.
0: So you're the first electrician. I called him a spark plug when we were talking before we started recording. This is the first electrician on the Get a Grip on Lightning podcast, Greg. It is. And what's, yeah, and what's interesting about that? is that he's also a lighting controls expert, which is very rare to find a spark plug that's a lighting controls expert. George, tell us how, I mean, I read your biography, but tell us how the, your interest in lighting controls started. And then, you know, Greg and I will start picking you with questions.
2: You bet. It's uh, not going to lie here. It was totally by accident how I ended up in lighting controls. And, and, you know, I I am definitely a a, a proud electrician. I I hold the hold that near and dear. Uh, It actually helps you get a different perspective every time you're scoping out a potential project. But how I ended up in lighting controls is kind of, like I said, by accident, I I ended up in lighting controls uh, uh, working for a manufacturer that was looking for someone to boost up their commercial lighting division. They were getting uh, controls, lighting controls division. just want to be clear on that. I ended up in lighting per se by accident because... I was a controls guy, so and I was specializing in at the time industrial automation PLCs, drives, and uh, a company, a manufacturer, was looking for someone to uh, head up their commercial uh, lighting controls division for Canada. And so I, 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 I at first snubbed my nose at it. To be quite honest, I, I didn't. I thought lighting controls was a bit beneath me, and at that time. Uh, it was simple relay logic. It wasn't nothing, m- nothing much to it. The odd zero to ten volt reference control dimmer would be out there, but we're talking about phase control dimming and and relay logic, so it wasn't nothing to it. So I kind of snubbed my nose at it. I thought it was a bit beneath me. Uh, the, the the folks uh, that uh, that were courting me at that time did a great job, and I thought, you know what, I could I could I could actually have some fun working here ended up uh, with that company for almost uh, eight years and uh, so that's how I ended up in lighting controls and lucky i like i did uh, take that direction because it's uh it's the most fun i've ever had at work and and it's definitely the controls uh, uh, for lighting have definitely evolved into something that's really really neat these days so i'm uh, I'm, I'm very happy the way uh, uh, the career path uh, my career path took me to to uh, lighting controls
1: you, in your biography here, it says that you were a founding partner of DainTree. Is that correct? Uh
2: One of the founding members, not a partner, uh, but yes, okay. one of the members of DainTree Networks, and that—that uh, that was a—that uh, was a big leap of faith to go to go with uh, DainTree. But uh, uh, that, was, uh, that was just what a what a wild ride that was. But yeah, we were—I was one of the. Uh, Earlier members of Daintree. Had I been a bit earlier, I would have been more well off because they ended up selling the company to g for seventy-five million. But I didn't quite get there early enough for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do when you? Was it a, a start? Was it just starting when you got there? or Was it already somewhat established?
2: And what was your role there? It was about two years in uh, into the North American market. There were two years around. Yeah, I'd give it say just under two years in. So uh, I think I was number thirteen at that time and. Uh, uh About a year, uh, almost two years later, they 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 sold it to GE. It, w- it ended up actually being GE Current, uh, which subsequently sold their whole lighting division. If you can imagine, GE, as we know it, to be out of the lighting uh, business per se, uh, selling their whole lighting division with Current, which would which was rebranded as Daintree. Uh, a daintree company so current sold off to industrial uh industrial partners and uh for an undisclosed amount uh and yeah so GE I guess I'm going off on a tangent here but G's uh out mm-hmm. of lighting and they they have uh, sold their uh GE has sold their their licensed their name rather uh and they needed i guess daintree to to make that uh, a complete package at that time so and what was your uh, I, what, I what did say, you
1: do at Daintree there
2: uh, I ran the midwest USA channel partner network so uh my my role there was to get all the uh energy efficiency solution providers on board with wireless and evangelize wireless controls
0: evangelism is uh, the right word
2: yeah uh it was it was exactly that uh a lot of folks like co- controls, uh, yeah, yeah, as you guys m- might know, are, are a lot of times cost prohibitive, and uh, we were actually we were actually trying to evangelize these folks on on the fact that if they went with the wireless controls, it could actually make the money, especially at the, especially given the fact that at that time there was no way to get dimming references uh, broadcast through uh, on a broad scale. Uh, without using low voltage cable.
0: So um, let me ask you something. So I've talked about in this show, I don't know if you've, I know you've listened to a couple, but um, I've talked about uh, in my career, I've been in the lighting game 20, 21 years now. I've seen sort of three lighting control, well, two lighting control boom bust cycles. Okay. Yeah. And I think I know. I think you kind of sense what I'm describing. Maybe starting 1999 to 2000, you started to see a lot of variety in, you know, occupancy sensors, ceiling mount, extended range. You started to see an expansion of the, of the, the typical lighting control: passive infrared, ultrasonic, uh, microphonic came out, and so there was these different technologies, but they were all you know based on wiring into the circuit, and and um, that was one. Sort of, hey, we're going to go crazy with controls. And then it faded out a little bit. And a lot of guys wouldn't put it on projects. It was difficult to commission and calibrate. I actually got quite good at it. I did many parking garages with lighting controls. I had a video out and everything of how to do it. Um, I really enjoyed working with those those controls. Then the Incilium crowd came around. And Zillion was a great company. I'm not, I'm not being critical here, but I call them that because most people know what I'm talking about. That's where you're, you're rewiring the whole building with Cat5 cable into the light fixtures, into the controls. Mm-hmm. And that you were going to have this digital hub where you'd be able to, you know, re- recommission those controls and all that sort of stuff. And that kind of busted. And now we're in a phase where, you know, with Bluetooth mesh networks, with um, addressable lighting, with health effects of lighting... With COVID nineteen, even possibly in the mix somehow, we're looking yeah. at another surge of excitement around controls. You know, this idea that lighting is going to be the the hub or the center of the connected building. I think it's going to be another bust. That's my take. Do you think I'm wrong?
2: Uh, hard to say, uh, given the given the fact that. Uh the 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 standard uh, channel out there, let's call it a big component of that channel is the the uh, the consulting engineers. Uh, so if you're if you're you know building a, a, a new facility, a new build a new build for example going on and going to get that put out to tender, you need to you need to uh, the consulting engineers are going to be working for uh, I guess the architect and the owner. And their grasp of the technology is is w- what's really the the bottleneck I, I and not to slag the the consultants out there but they really uh, they' they're really relying on on manufacturers uh, for their their conduit uh, to be their conduit for information they gather without any you know real practice of their own and that's just a general that's just just a fact I hate not, not to, to to slag the way they go about doing things but that's just how they do things and uh with that there's uh they leave a lot of uh uh, leave a lot of knowledge you know to be had out there on the table so i mean if they if they were to uh spec it uh then you would they would have there would be a, a more uh more broader acceptance i would say i our company right now uh is solely focused on on Bluetooth mesh and and or Zigbee or some type of wireless mesh that goes out there because we feel we actually do feel that it's not going to be a bust and that we think the path to IOT and industrial IOT is through the lighting. That's our, that's our, uh, uh that's our, that's our, 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 I guess focus. And, um, that's our mission statement, let's say. And, uh, so, uh, do I think it's going to be a bust? It could be, but we're we're working hard every day, so it's uh, <laughs> so it's not. It's more widely accepted. So, yeah, the, to answer your question, I mean, uh, it, it could be, but uh, I just don't see that.
0: So, you're looking at new construction, major renovation projects. That would be your path to market with this technology.
2: Uh, this technology for what we do, we're more focused on the uh, built space already. So we're going through industrial buildings right now. Uh, let's take example. I just did a, a, a steel mill the other day. We're walking through the steel mill. They got these thousand watt metal halides, just hogging energy. Uh, the
0: who's got computer. thousand watt metal halides? Come on!
2: <laughs> found so
0: someone's got to call that president, buddy. You have <laughs> metal halides in your factory. Are you crazy? It's twenty twenty.
2: <laughs> hey, if, if you and uh, and if you do, maybe it's
0: the and, heat. You know, maybe it's the durable. heat, though.
2: Yeah, maybe that particular it, the heat <laughs> is. They tried LED and they, and they failed, so yeah, uh, yeah. they they need a better solution. But but going back to the metal halide thing uh because of the fact that there's some so many slow ad- adopters out there that's one of the reasons we're we're doing well in business. I mean, there's so many metal highlights that are still out there guys. You will not believe it. I I worked 14 states running the Midwest channel for Daintree, working with Esco's every day. And, uh, I gotta say, you'd think here in Canada that the adoption rate would be, you'd think we would be a little more progressive in terms of, you know, being sustainable. And, and, you know, that's leaving a lot of money on the table for operators. You think they would get it. And it's the last thing they want to do is their lighting. I'm telling you, it's the last thing they, they care about. As long as the lights are still working, they just want to replace them. And it's, it's crazy. Uh, I we are so far behind the folks south of the border in terms of their LED conversion, and I thought by opening this company, we we would capitalize on that. And uh, I would and dis- I the-
0: would take issue with that. I think Ontario is one of the if you go to the uh, the um what's that website, Greg? I think Ontario's adoption rate is second next to Massachusetts. Yeah, I, I don't remember it. It's, it's up there the in the top five anyway. So I would say, but I mean, there's still tons of halides out there, but I would say that the barrier here, George, and when I look at controls, you know, the the problem you have, in my opinion, and so, you you know, yes, take the consulting engineers and push them aside. Let's look at lighting people for a second, distributors, lighting contractors, ESCOs, okay, is that every time they're pitching it, it's an add-on. Yeah. Okay. And so let's say you pitch and take out that 400 watt halide or 1000 watt halide, you're going to put in, excuse me, an LED fixture, 100 watt or whatever it is. Okay. You've just captured 90% of the energy savings with the changing of the yeah. light fixture. Right. Now to go to controls, what's left on the table? There isn't a oh, lot wow. left on the table.
2: I beg to differ, and I'll tell you. And I, I'm, this is, this is great debate, by the way, because this huh. is what we face every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're leaving. Think about uh, the, the L70 ratings for fixtures. What are they? 100,000 hours? If I have a little, uh, the cost of the, the, the cost, the economy of scale has really helped the wireless controls go out. So if I have a simple, uh, a simple Bluetooth component on, on each and every fixture, uh, uh, as early as a couple of years ago, that was a hundred bucks per fixture as an add on to your point. Yep. Now that economy of scale got that down to 20 bucks. So I can do, uh, not to get too deep into the woods, but uh, with the technical let's stuff. Let's get into
0: the woods, can, man. Let's get into the woods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we call it top end trimming. So when you occupy the space, we put up the lights to 70% or, or, or 65 And you guys are lighting guys, you would know the some of these industrial fixtures. I mean, you can barely tell the difference between 65 and 100%. So we'll top them out at 65%. That is a big deal because that's 35%. Okay, sure, I'm not saving as many watt- uh, uh, watts as, as I was with uh, with regards to what you first uh, uh, took, off, uh, took off for savings. Like you said, 90% of it is the LED. Okay, great, that's a big chunk of the savings, but that extra 35%... It's not is low low hanging fruit, but it's that's not to say that uh, you know it's not for the savings you're going to do it. You're going to do that to prolong your investment. So now these L70 ratings for 100,000 hours, those are based on 100% output, 24/7. If I'm if I'm never turning on at 100%, who knows what that does to the fixture? I don't think it's a linear relationship. If I've never hit, uh, electronics, biggest enemy is heat. So I don't think I've ever uh, hit the the limitation of that fixture ever in its life. Every time it turns on, so who knows what that uh, that rating could be at one hundred thousand? Could be one hundred twenty? Could be one hundred thirty? Could okay. one hundred fifty thousand hours? Who knows? You're protecting the the life cycle of the in the investment. That's number one. Number two, and in a, especially in the industrial uh, uh, commercial space, the bottom end trimming that's huge. Back the on and off type of thing, that occupancy sensor, sir, uh, back in the days and people would be waving their hands when it wasn't working correctly. That really, that stigmata is is stuck with, with us to this day, unfortunately. And the bottom end trimming helps us get around that. So, for example, if I turn uh, the lights down and not off, let's say, like you said, a 100 watt fixture, for example, if I turn that light down to 10%, that's 10 watts, nothing. I keep that. Corridor lit or that uh, aisle lit to 10% at all times when there's no forklift and he doesn't have to wait for the latency and he's flying at, I don't know, 30 miles an hour, doesn't have to wait for the lights to turn on. That's a big deal. So I might not, I might not be uh, taking a a huge chunk of energy uh, 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 or compound uh, rather uh, more energy savings, but life expectancy, the, uh, the uh, user friendliness and the actual tuning of the space is really what we're after and future proofing your investment. So I think that's a big deal. I mean, that's, that's why we do it. Great. I'm going to, I'm going to ask point
0: Greg you, a question and then it's all you, Greg, you Greg, it's all going to be you. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever heard, like, this is the first time I've ever heard about incre- like preserving the performance of LEDs by engaging lighting controls you ever heard that before
1: i've i've heard of high-end trimming and and why they and that, that's kind of what my questions are going to be but in terms of it lasting longer because of that i haven't heard that that's a, official okay um so and that that's george where my question is coming so let's say you have a customer that has a 400 watt metal halide and you have a fixture that's 150 watts that would replace it normally um and and but you give them a 200 watt because the rebate is higher i don't know let's i'm just throwing out some ideas here so but then you know you can get down to the 150 watt why not just sell them the 150 to begin with versus going above what they actually need or even if it's 150 and you think they can get by with 120 why not just sell them that 120 i know we're Uh, i'm talking
2: but lumen is a way to do it great question and 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 we and we and we do it we do it every day Uh, And, and you guys as, as lighting guys, uh, you would, you would have done the very same thing as over engineer your, your, and you sort of engineer for, uh, the, um, the life expectancy of the fixtures, you know, fading over time, LEDs do the exact same thing. So over time, LEDs will, will be less efficient, uh, as far as output goes. So you want to over engineer for that regardless, uh, So we always over engineer. And again, economy of scale. Here we go back to the, you know, the, the economies of scale. The difference between 150 and and a 200 uh, watt LED is, is negligible when we're talking about a, a, a a medium to large size project. So you want to go to the 200 or you want to go to the, the, the the higher powered fixtures and you want to scale back and do the top end trimming. I mean, it's the only way to fly as far as we're concerned. And we, we, we've been doing, I mean, we've been doing this for a long, uh, well, we've had our, uh, this company's had our, before coming and opening this company, I personally have had my fingerprints on millions and millions of square feet of, of industrial commercial space with with high base and doing top end trimming and low end, bottom end trimming. And I'm telling you that I've seen it for myself that this will definitely increase uh, the life cycle of, of, of your investment. Definitely.
0: Amen, brother. Evangelize, <laughs> evangelize <laughs> us.
1: The uh, what about the rebate? Uh, you know that's a big part of it. So, is uh, does the utility company take that into account and trust that you're going to make trim it down 25.
2: We do that. In we that do door. that with. Uh, we actually. It depends on the, this the track you're using, but the custom track allows us to do that. So for in, the, in at least for ISO in Ontario. Many of the custom tracks in all provinces and, and south of the border allow for controls to take place. In fact, south of the border, I'm going to suggest that they're even more advanced uh, as far as their framework goes for industrial for these types of controls, rather. So uh, here in Ontario, for example, it's uh, five cents a kilowatt uh, for that 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 LED savings, that first chunk of savings that that you mentioned. Um that that let's say we go from a, a 400 watt to a 100 watt led you're going to get paid five cents a kilowatt uh hour of consumption for that for those 300 watts that you're saving but once we bring in uh the controls to the table then we're saving 10 cents a kilowatt so it does it does make for a better uh, uh it does make for a better incentive in that regard so when we do turn tune it down and and all that stuff that takes into account for that—if we do over-engineer, that, that that should that kind of makes up for it, and and then some for the additional incentive.
1: So that, that's what I got. I guess my question was: You think at the end of the day, by generally when you over-engineer something, you maybe could argue that you overpay for something. You're saying that because of rebates and incentives and savings and long-term investment, you don't see that.
2: I don't see that at all, and that's that's exactly what I'm saying. And and and. Okay. Uh, you know, further to that, I mean, there, you got, you you got folks that are, are, are doing these led, uh, I'd call them turn and burn guys. They'll, they'll, they'll get in and get out the the cheapest possible way. And they'll retrofit an old fixture. We don't do that. We'll actually walk away from that business. And we do every day. We don't want to put good um, call me. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, 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 you know what, there's a, there's
0: a, that's a position. Okay. And so, but you're allowed to have a position, right? A different positioning and 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 go to the market with a position. We have many vendors in nail that have different positioning from one from one customer to another, but I'm not writing off retrofitting. I think retrofitting is a great solution a lot of the times, um, depending oh, oh on yeah. the application. Um and you know, I'm I'm still not sold here, George. Uh let me ask you a little bit about complexity. So I, I understand what you're saying. I think that that there are environments and applications where your your um, your your positioning and and that is is correct and that it, it's going to work good and there's times when that's going to work for a client. Um, I think it's uh, a niche market, though. That's my opinion. Niche, niche, or niche, Greg? What do you? Niche? I, oh, yeah. I, and that's just. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Like I, I'm not trying to argue with you about it. But let's talk a little bit about complexity. So. You you go in you retrofit the facility you you now so you're selling LED light fixtures as well as your controls I take it so you're selling products correct yeah they're,
2: right. they're, they're both uh, part and parcel they're, they're they're one and the same as far as we're concerned I think w- w- like I said like our, our our path to to IoT is through the light so we'll 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 use that that twenty dollar component that I mentioned to do energy savings today that, t- that little twenty dollar component is going to pay for itself with the energy savings. But in the future, if I want to go and, and do asset tracking or other things that I want to track with the lighting, and like you mentioned earlier, COVID, we can actually do uh, uh, contact tracing through the lighting. There, it's it's possible to do that now. So, I mean, there's so many other things we can spread that out to. Yeah.
0: Now, we're not going into the matrix yet because uh, we can talk <laughs> about the matrix at the end. But let me ask you a complexity. Yeah. I, I find one of the biggest yeah. barriers with lighting controls. So, primarily... As a lighting company, if I'm asked to do a project with lighting controls, I will still use legacy lighting controls primarily. Like, if it mm. to me will still use, um, I end of aisle, aisle way aux sensors with passive infrared only wired to the fixture, and so on and so forth. That's just our skill set where we are, where we are as a company. I know about all this. I I'm the host of the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. I still think that adds better value now. I understand the argument of down the road or whatever, but that's a different argument. Mm. My question to you is, I find that my the systems that we build, where you're saying people are waving, that doesn't happen with my systems. So when we do it, we don't have any issues with, once they're commissioned and calibrated, the only thing that could go wrong is the sensor fails. But So it can be done right. The only thing I would say is that with your system you're introducing a degree of complexity okay and that is the commissioning and the controls where is that hub who manages that hub when you when you spec out these projects george after well, installation
2: that hub is as is, 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 is uh with bluetooth mesh that hub is as simple as is is embedded into the fixture all the brain is 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 on the fixture itself so the the it's it's embedded to the product, each and every one of our lights that we install. Where do you
0: address it though? Where are you addressing it from a computer, from a software download? Like where are you addressing it from phone?
2: Right there, right on your phone. I'm showing is it, you the phone So right there. is it
0: Apple? Is it Android? Is it PC? It's is it either Mac?
2: or? It's either or. We we would we so our, our philosophy is that we 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 take the Daintree philosophy uh, starting out uh, at Daintree taking that leap of faith, going to a, uh, from a steady job into a little startup company in Palo Alto, California, where they told me, hey, we're gonna take over and we're gonna disrupt the lighting controls world. Back then everything was all proprietary. So let's say uh, uh, Enlighted, or not Enlighted, that's a bad example, but Digital Lumens is an example. Digital Lumens came out with their their wireless controls and fixtures, and you were sort of married to them if you were gonna buy their technology. Uh, married to their lighting, married to their hardware, uh, via their software. We believed if we could find that we, we would provide the best of breed, uh, wireless solution and software solution that can go on anybody's light and, and open the standard. That's our philosophy. It took the same philosophy here in this, in my company. And I get best of breed controls. So I'm going to get, uh, the best possible Bluetooth. Uh, control device at the at the most cost effective price that could be embedded on a fixture so that you won't have to go up there if the fixture uh, if the uh to calibrate it you do it all from a phone if you put the gateways in you can do it from a computer it all depends on what type of how you can get as complex as you want or as simple as you want I think the the ones that are doing well for us today are the simple standalone solutions. We'll set them exactly like you're setting your legacy systems right now, Michael. And in, in that, we do it through the phone. We'll set and calibrate that through the phone, and we'll walk away, and they'll work like that till the cows come home. So that's that we've taken. I think we've taken the complexity out of the situation. The only complexity added with wire uh, wireless controls is is mapping the the uh, the unique addresses. Really, other than that, I mean, there's nothing to it now.
1: Now, are you guys always selling, uh, you kind of referenced it earlier, only new fixtures? You're never doing a retrofit of an existing?
2: So there's some, there's some, uh, architectural type fixtures where we can't, uh, we, we can't really, uh, sell a new fixture or uh, it just makes more sense retrofitting. So we will do retrofits. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't do any, it's just a, a very low, uh, percentage in terms of what we, we do for business and, 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 and with that i gotta say our, our paybacks are incredible we've been we've our paybacks on, on some of these industrial projects are months instead of years so we're doing what we're doing really well like let's not forget when you're when you're putting in a new fixture uh into these commercial industrial spaces that's a capital piece of equipment and since the legislation of twenty. Uh, 18, uh, you can you can get the uh, uh, expedited depreciation value for that capital expense. If you're going to replace or or re- uh, uh, retube or uh, take out the tubes rather of a fluorescent fixture and put in an LED tube, uh, that's a maintenance expense. You can write that off as a as an expense on your P and L, but that's not a capital expense. So you can't write off a hundred percent depreciation in day one, like you can a, as a new fixture. That's another reason we, we, we do it.
1: And do you guys partner with one company in terms of manufacture of the light fixture? Or are you multiple?
2: I uh, don't know if you can use the word whore on this show, but I, I guess <laughs> we, if we, if we, did, we, we would be uh, leaning to that type uh, types of people, I suppose. Yeah. We're not, we're loyal to uh to a handful of manufacturers and uh but that being said we are not uh we're not opposed to really anybody we we want to find the best value best product for the the customer we we treat uh i mean i come from a family business uh a, a failed family business to be honest our our my my dad's shop uh failed and uh i we walk into every single client like as if that was my family business. And with that philosophy, what would I do? Knowing what I know with the experience that we have as a company, how would we retrofit this place? How would we roll this project out? And that's the philosophy we take. So we're going to look for the best deal, the best product, uh, with the best control. And uh, that's how we'll roll out every single project.
1: So you're using a variety of different controls right now. It's not always one one brand on the control side. Correct.
2: Absolutely okay. correct. And yeah, especially with folks that want to do something simple, like do something off a phone, then we we will recommend uh, another path, one that won't use any gateways, won't need a central mainframe computer. I don't have to poke holes in your VPN to get uh, access to that stuff. I don't need anybody to manage it. I just want to set it and forget it. Yeah, I'm going to use uh, a, certain, uh, a certain type of control. If you want something a little more complex, uh, and maybe a l- little more uh bang for the buck i suppose uh, i'll go another way
1: do you quote
2: lighting controls a hundred
1: percent of your projects
2: almost 100 percent of the project absolutely
1: Well, oh. yeah and yeah, as in terms of you're going against competition how are you arguing that with the owner or the person making the decision on why they should go with controls <laughs> and do all that versus everyone else kind of what you I, I love
2: this school. i love this school because we lose projects all the time they think i'm selling them snake oil it's crazy okay. and and michael's not sold michael's michael's a, a, a an astute uh professional in the business he's not even sold so imagine a customer who doesn't know who has uh mm-hmm. who, you know you know what you know and and you base your decisions on that imagine an operations guy who thinks you're selling him snake oil because he doesn't know and that's, that's what we face every day. So we're, we lose a lot of projects, but you know what? That's okay. If you want to go and, uh, uh, and, and spend your money, uh, leaving what we feel is our ton of savings, ton of longevity on the table, go for it. We'll go to the next.
0: Come on down over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, we can
2: partner up, man. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what? I'm always open to to that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, but you know, look, th- you know, I I would say that my positioning when I enter a space. So, I don't do as many. I don't start the process like Greg still does a lot of starting the project from the beginning, counting the lights and taking it through the sale. I come in sort of at the end with some people and help them close sales and help them work with the customer to find out what it is that they they want. Maybe I'll call the president and then I I'm in on the closing part of it, you know? And so my thing is that I, I think there's a, a market for this. I think it's a huge error. It's wonderful for me that you're walking away from all those other projects of people that don't want to do controls. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, I'm happy to, if they want to do controls, I'm happy to sell them controls. I, you know, my, my, my take would be this, um, You know, in in response to what you're saying. And look, you're representing your company, your belief, your values, and I respect that. Okay? That's not something I'm disrespecting. But, you know, I think the approach Greg has and the approach I have and a lot of people I know in this business that have been successful for a long time has. Is to be somewhat, to be actually totally technology agnostic when you approach the customer. And focus on listening to them and what it is that they want to buy. I don't want to be selling people hard on a particular position in the lighting industry. Greg, do you, do you feel what, do you smell what the rock is cooking here a little bit? I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be telling customers. I'd like to listen to them and then respond to them with knowledge and then make some suggestions that maybe they could add on to something. And if they choose, no, I don't fight for it. And that would be and then i get the signature and then i'm back home with the deposit check next and that would be more my my way of doing it you know and and i think the reason why the boom bust cycle for control started the first one was say 99 to 2003 the next one say 2007 2012 why they busted was because there's not that many applications and that people actually Really understand what it is that they're going to get from the controls, and that the the company selling them know what it's going to be. And I, I suspect it's different with you, George. But I would suspect that if we're not able to accomplish this tunable health effects lighting, I think that's the that is the key to the kingdom for you. Is that if we're able to get this. 2,200K in the morning, peaking at 65K in the afternoon, and, this, and the scientists come on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, they say, Michael, Greg, whoa, you guys want to hear this, because it works, and we can increase, you know, people's sleep by 3%, or 1%, or that, you know, whatever, sick day, if somebody comes out with some hard facts, bro, then, you're gonna see Colligan and Eric swinging through the trees with knives in their teeth, laced with Bluetooth <laughs> mesh or whatever the hell it is. Wham! But until then, man, I, I just I, I see it as another level of complexity where the cut the customer, most customers, are gonna go. I'm saving 300 watts with these things. Rebates this Costs this much more. Yeah, I like the 20 bucks. It sounds good, George. But I I still think look, there's a obviously you're doing well and that's great. But for me, and I think for most of the listeners that get a grip on lighting podcast, they're still toe the water, man. And they're not joining yeah. you doing a can. They're not doing a cannonball off the diving board. But that's probably it, what's it, best for you anyway.
2: It, it absolutely is. And and, I, 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 and again, to, to write back at you, no disrespect whatsoever with what, uh, what you think and what you guys are doing out there, what most companies are doing out there. We, we invite it. I mean, go right ahead. It's a free country. I'm not saying that this is a a red states, blue states situation where I have <laughs> these and the, and you have yours, and you know, and I'm, you know, I, I'm <laughs> unhealthily uh, 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 set on these ways. Come on, I, I'm just as tec- technology agnostic as anyone. I, I'm definitely it's that electrician's um, uh, 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 sensibility, uh, that tradesman's sensibility that I take with me on every single job and going back to that. So if I'm going to go up in a facility and looking at a a 60, like that steel mill I I brought up, a 60-foot ceiling mounting, uh, 60-foot mounting height, obstructions all over the place. It's just as labor-intensive to go do an LED retrofit lamp as it would be changing out the fixture to a a nice 80C-rated fixture. That's going to last them forever. I mean, that's just the way we do things. And, and again, no disrespect to what you guys are doing. I have seen it. I've touched it. I've tasted it. I've seen the longevity that these controls bring to the, to, to the fold. Uh, I've seen the result. It's, it's your compounded savings on top of the LED savings you're bringing them. FCA uh is 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 you know ford chrysler automobiles uh i I, the we uh i was involved in their very first wireless uh retrofit and thanks to thanks to the uh, thanks to fca actually allows me to broadcast their youtube video on my website I have their, uh, okay to do so because they, it's sort of a, a, a thank you for helping them get to the wireless world. They, uh, they're sold. They've been evangelized. They don't do any <laughs> retrofit in North America that are wired, uh, or legacy controls. It's all wireless, guys. So, hey, I'm not telling you to get off, uh, to jump, to jump on the train or get run over. I'm just telling you that uh that this is what we do and uh I I, I you know to your to your point Mike, Michael uh yeah I mean you, you're you and just uh, get in line to the rest of the operations folks out there CFOs are also not sold you know that's fine we keep them we keep knocking them out of the park and we produce the results, and uh, you can't, you know, the numbers don't lie. When we come back with, uh, you know, a 94% savings based on what you guys were using before, I mean, and and that's verified by the utility company who came in and and didn't believe us and checked it for themselves, hey, then we just uh, keep delivering those in in, in front of you, and, and, you know, hopefully the naysayers will come on board.
0: George, thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Lightning podcast, my man.
2: Hey man, it was a pleasure, and I, I uh, uh, and I, I'd like to uh, pick it up uh, maybe offline sometime. And uh, you know, we it's a good dialogue, and and it keeps us sharp too.
0: Keystone Technology, son, that's K E Y S T O N E T E C H dot com. Coming in hot with Smart Loop, Greg.
1: Sometimes there's issues or concerns when people do this over security. And they write right on there, is it secure? Yes, with an exclamation. And you know why? It's because it does not connect to your company Wi-Fi. No passwords or confidential info to be stored. It ha- the smart loop actually has a QR code, which contains all of the commissioning data. And then from there, you just hammer it on in your phone. You can do everything you need to with that light fixture, with that smart loop from Keystone. Control it, dim it, make it wild. Whatever you want, they got. Keystone.
0: Go to k e y s t o n e t e c h dot com and stay smart with Keystone Technologies and folks, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. We've been talking about it for years on this show, and you know what? Now's the time. With times like these, is when you need to get associated. You need representation. You need someone speaking on your behalf. Who the hell kept think kept? Who the hell do you think kept all you guys out of lockdown? Okay, that was National Association of Innovative Line Distributors, the NAED. Uh, who else was involved in that club? And we sent the emails out and all the NEMA,
1: NEMRA. Yeah.
0: We kept you we kept you punks out of lockdown. You're essential because of us. That's right. There's a a benefit of being associated. Your association contacted the government on your behalf to maintain the essential nature of the lighting business. That's a good reason to pay six hundred and fifty bucks to nailed. No, Greg? So
1: that's one little reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is actually a big reason and worth it in that value alone.
0: That's right. More to it, though. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got the letting distributors on the document. Boom. That's right. Now, was that the only thing that made it happen? No, but these are volume games. When people, governments make decisions like this, you need to hit them with some information. Let them know. We're rolling with the, some heat here. We're needed in the economy. And so we did that. It's just one, one, one reason to join now. And... George, you got to join Nailed for that reason, (laughs) sucker. No, I got to call him back and tell him that reason. No, he's got to get into Nailed. He's got a warehouse with light fixtures in it. He sells light bulbs. So we're going to try to bring him in. And thanks for being a guest on the show and all you people that made it this far. Love you. Bye for now.
2: Written on the rector wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost,
0: the Lord is there to find you